Welcome to Plans Are Booked, a podcast for every reader. I'm Molly Geller. I'm Stephanie Blackburn. And I'm Caitlin Madison. Welcome to Wednesday. This is a Wednesday that we're recording this. Um, I am on one today. Let me just tell you, I traffic, classroom flooded, had to get a shuttle to my classroom today because the brook overflowed on our campus. Yes, I work in a place with a brook that overflowed. Water everywhere. Patients were being weird at my other job. It's just like weird, just a weird, like if you told me that there was a full moon tonight, I'd be like, that tracks. That makes sense. Did, you read, the bo- did you read the book Wacky Wednesday as a child? That was one of my favorites. Um, You mean the Jodie Foster film? What? Oh, <gasps> <laughs> I also don't know this film. What? <laughs> Wait, for real? Wait. Oh, I'm thinking Freaky Friday. What did you say? Wacky <laughs> Wednesday? Yeah, Wacky Wednesday. It's a children's book. Um, I where mean, everything participated in Wacky Wednesday as like a camp counselor. Well, it's like everything's backwards and upside down. Uh, I got to find this book. Okay. Well, that's a book. I was going to say you're more having Alexander's terrible, horrible, no, no good, yeah, no day. good, very bad day, whatever it's called. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. I don't know. Um, yeah. And then it took forever to get here and it's just, it is what it is. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Right but now? We have fraps. I know. We have fraps. Molly picked up fraps, also known as very thick, no milk milkshakes for people that are not in the in the know. And they're not frappies or whatever the hell McDonald's calls them on their commercials. Oh, the frappe? Oh, the frappe. That's right. <laughs> I was like, who's out there what calling a bunch it a frappe? Ding- what a bunch of ding-dongs. Anyway, so, um, okay, so I... I forget how this came up, but I was talking to somebody recently and they were like, oh, you need to like, you know, aren't you on Wattpad? Like blah, 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 whatever. Now, my only context for Wattpad is that they reference it in The Summer I Turn Pretty. Basically, uh, is it like Tumblr? Oh, God, I'm so old. Also for the (laughs) listeners, it's spelled W-A-T-T-P-A-D. Yes, that's correct. Tell um, us, elderly folks. What okay, it is. so so in the summer, I turned pretty. She's like talking about Jeremiah saying, like, if I start kissing you, I can't stop. And then um, Taylor's like, that's like Wattpad level hot, like blah, blah, blah. So using my context clues, I was like, this sounds like live journal. That's what it sounds like to me. Old school live journal. So then we're doing... Um, I'm doing like a poetry unit in class and some of my students were talking about like, oh, well, you have to like check out this Wattpad user because their fanfic's like really good. And apparently in the deep dark web, there are some serious fanfics going on of Travis and Taylor. And my students are deep in the Wattpad stratosphere. And now that we're doing poetry and we're about to read a Midsummer Night's Dream with love potions and tricksters and whatnot, what have you, the Wattpad girlies in my class are having an absolute field day. I know if you had told me that this was going to be a hit, that the sixth grade was going to be like, yeah, Shakespeare, I would have been like, you're out of your mind. I'm in the twilight zone. I don't know what's happening. Down is up. Left is right. These kids are like, I'm like, give, we're, we did like a 
KWL chart today. Like, what do you know? What do you want to know? And what did you learn? These kids, we had like 50 questions about Shakespeare. They're like, I want to know, when did he start making money? What's a penny worth in 1666 London? I'm like, oh my. I told them to come in with five fun facts about Shakespeare. They told me things today that I didn't even know. I was like, this was a bad idea because now I'm the chump in the room. And I'm supposed to be like the expert, quote unquote. I'm not an expert. I never read A Midsummer Night's Dream until I had to teach it like four years ago. I was in A Midsummer Night's Dream in the seventh grade. Oh my God. Who were you? Titania? No. (laughs) (laughs) Who were you? I had a very small but important role as the wall. Stop, Molly. I swear. I have pictures of it. I'll bring pictures for you the next time we gather. Oh, my God. That's like when you're like, I'm the lobster in the nativity play. Correct. Wow. That's epic. I mean, how big was the class? Big. Oh, my God. It was like a... Every like sport I ever played, I always got like most improved or like best yep. effort as the award. That's what the role of the wall is. <laughs> yep. It's the equivalent in the yeah. theater world. See, I like to, as an English teacher, I would be like, okay, this is a very metaphorical, this is symbolic of how sturdy and reliable Molly is and we need her. You know, she's the backbone of the play and kids will buy it if you sell it. You know what I mean? They'll buy it. My primary job was not to laugh while things were being recited on either side of me. Sounds about right. Anyways, so my students are into Wattpad. I confirmed for myself that Wattpad is basically live journal and the most, the threads that are most followed are like YA and romance. And people have every kind of fanfic you could possibly imagine. I know that there's deep threads of Harry Potter fanfic on there that people are very involved with. But you sent me a book earlier today, or was it Steph? Somebody sent me a book on Instagram today. It wasn't a book. It was a movie. Is that what we're talking about? Yeah, the caption said, like, straight out of Wattpad, yes. blah, 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 movie. That. Yes. It's so, called Float. Yes. Okay. So it's it's a Wattpad, whatever. I don't know if they're called threads, tweets, journals. I don't know what they what you call <laughs> your... Blog. I guess it's I, maybe it's a Wattpad blog. Your Wattpad, your pad. I don't know. <laughs> Somebody tell me. But whatever, whatever it is, <laughs> whatever those things are called, your Wattpad account or whatever, whatever that is is called. That's they're being made into books. They're becoming they're getting like e-published. Now one's becoming a movie. Like these are legitimately they're be they're like starting to maybe not be taken seriously, but like seriously enough, more serious than anything I've put out in the universe. Nobody's asking to make my crap a movie. <laughs> you know? So that's what's going on. <laughs> that's my uh, and I'm going to DC this weekend for the first time. That's what I have going on in my life. Somebody else go. <laughs> I know. I can't wait. I feel like I don't even know what I just said. I can't wait for you to come back from our nation's capital because I think it's kind of amazing that you're going for the first time as an adult. Like, I think your experience of it's going to be very different than Steph and I since we went so young. And I'm going to a place called Kramer's. Have you guys heard of this place? It's a bookstore that has a bar and a restaurant 
all of the, it's all of those things. It didn't decide to be one thing. It decided to be all the things. So I will report back on that. I'm very into that. Um, I need to talk about something that we've mentioned in previous episodes, but I'm now fully caught up. Last week, I finished my life with the Walter boys. Mm. And then I rewarded myself by watching the Netflix show, like immediately after. Like I literally closed the book and was like, okay, here we go. I'm surprised we didn't get any texts mm-hmm. while this was happening. <laughs> oh, well, I'm shocked. Now we're talking about it. So I liked the book. However, I read it immediately after Beartown. So I just feel like it didn't stand a chance because I was already still like in the joy cloud of Beartown. Fair. I thought it was okay. Like I didn't love it. I wasn't blown away by it. I didn't think the writing was that great. But again, compared to. So I start the show it's 10 episodes. It's on Netflix in case anyone wants to watch and hasn't yet. I loved that they kept the love triangle as the central thing because that is what dominates the entire book. I was blown away by how many other things they changed. Like I would say I could name probably 30 things off the top of my head that were either totally new completely different or just characters that did not exist in the book but are now in the show i didn't read the book i only watched the netflix show so i read the book and watched the show and i actually think most of the things that they did in the show actually helped what are the ones you didn't like i was very perplexed by how much screen time they gave to aaron cole's former flame slash sort of jackie's rival I was shocked how much space they gave to the guidance counselor, who I love. I thought she was great in the part, but I was like, what's happening here? This is like a lot of this person. And in the book, the oldest brother, Will, and his fiance are barely in it. They're maybe in it 2% of the time. He is in every episode, I would say, at least 10%. Correct. So I was like, okay, this is interesting. I will say... And I'm just going to assume that people who are excited about watching this have already watched it. So if you don't want to hear something more about it, just seek ahead a couple of seconds. They added a scene where Jackie and her uncle are talking about the Manhattan Henge phenomenon in New York City, where the sun sets certain days of the year in between the buildings in like a very specific way. And Alex, one of the brothers, brings Jackie into the woods to see like their version of that in between the pine trees. I thought that was the best scene of the entire show. And I was like, okay, well, I'm not mad about this change because I feel like this made it stronger and was brilliant. And I felt like it was missing from the book. But they also changed the ending in a way that not disappointed me, but I was just like, huh, okay, this is a different choice. And I think the show sets itself up to continue. And I hope it does. It already got renewed. Oh, I didn't even know It that. got renewed within 10 days of it premiering. And there isn't a second book. So I'm actually not that surprised that they changed it. Here's my thought on why the guidance counselor maybe got more screen time than the book for me. <laughs> no, like literally for me, because it's hard watching high schoolers. <laughs> fall in love at 40 and I feel like getting to see her love story was like okay I can watch this I can tolerate like the saccharine sweetness of it by having this age group included yeah I think that's totally fair and they also give a lot more backstory to the parents than what's in the book and I liked that a lot for kind of a similar reason to you where I was like it's nice to see 
the parental or like quote unquote older generation get more storytelling that wasn't in the book. But it's always fascinating. I feel like when you finish and then you immediately either like watch the show or see the movie because it's so fresh that in the one hand you're excited to be with the characters again and keep it going. And on the other hand, you can't help but be hypercritical because you just came out of it, you know? Mm-hmm. So anyway, if anyone listening read or watched, we'll put up perhaps a question box on Instagram for you to sound off, but I really want to hear what people thought if they read and watched. And here's what's going on with me in the elderly corner. Um, well, I just took off my heating pad. I have been waking up in the middle of the night with my hands cramped because of how I've been holding the tools I've been using, renovating the house, like to the point where it takes a couple minutes for my fingers to be able to like straighten <laughs> as if I'm like 90 years old. Are you drinking enough water? <laughs> Maybe have a banana before bed? No, it's um, it's the tool that I've been using to jackhammer up all the tile um, because it's vibrating and it's heavy and I have to be putting weight into it in order for it to actually work. I've been basically clenching my fingers for, I don't know, three hours each day for like three weeks. So I'm done. Today's the last day. Today was the last day for that? Yes. The floor has all been removed. So now we have cement floors and we can put actual flooring down. Okay. Well, I'm glad for you because one, I hate waking up in the middle of the night and two, waking up and having my hands be so that I can't move them would send me like straight into panic mode. And then I'm definitely not going back to sleep. Yeah. I mean, I used to get Charlie horses a lot in like high school and college when I was playing sports all the time. So I'm not, that's why I said bananas. Well, yeah. Um, the wall didn't get any Charlie horses. (laughs) (laughs) I used to get them in my feet from swimming. Like I can't even begin to, like, I used to think that I would look down and that my foot would just (laughs) be like a rubber ball like that's what my foot I was like I'll never walk again like that's just the end of that um okay so I I prefaced before we started recording that I have probably a controversial thing that I want to discuss for just a quick second before we get going on today's topic is this your Aaron Rodgers moment (laughs) I literally just turned my whole body to face you you said controversial I was like yes this is something that I'm sure is going to have some thoughts from our listeners and we look forward to hearing them. Um, and maybe this makes me come off as snooty and old, but I'm going to say it anyways. Molly <laughs> literally looks appalled already. No, not appalled, intrigued. <laughs> Terrified, well, maybe? Her eyes are wide. Here is my declar- declarative statement. Reading and listening are not the same thing. Okay, saying that you've read a book when you've actually listened to the book is not the same thing. When you take in information visually, it goes to the occipital lobe. Okay, when you take in information, wait, can we, can I just stop you for a second? We're now talking about the brain. Yeah, I just need to stop you for a second. What prompted this? You seem uppity about this and i'm just wondering somebody provoked you and i want to know who hurt you no 
Somebody read more books, quote unquote, read more okay. books yes. than stuff, and she's livid now. I Is haven't... that right? Is that what happened? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we have nobody to blame but ourselves because we shared our Goodread lists. So Correct. I think other people were like, ooh, they're sharing. Let me share. Yeah, which is totally fine. Yes. I mean, good for you listening to the book still, but it is not the same as sitting down reading. When you listen to something, when you take in information auditorily, that goes to the temporal lobe. That's a different lobe of the brain. So all I'm saying is there needs to be some sort of qualifications. Just say, I listened to this book. You didn't read it. You listened to it. And that's okay. But it's different. Listening and reading are different things. <laughs> so I wish there was a way to say, I know that book. Like, oh, I know that book. And you're not saying I read it or I listened to it. You're just like, mm. I know that or I know that story. I know that book. Mm -hmm. I consumed you could use you could use a lot of different adjectives. I feel like if someone wants to say that they loved something that they listened to, it's totally appropriate to say I loved that story or I love that author. I'm so happy I I don't know, learned that story or experienced that story. I agree that it's not reading. It's still enjoying the story mm -hmm. and celebrating the author's work. And I also think for audiobooks, especially for memoirs, people are excited to listen to the person read it, whether that's a celebrity or a chef or whoever you're interested in. It makes sense to me when people choose that over the paperback or the hardcover because they want the complete, like every sensory experience. But I agree that if someone says they quote unquote read 110 books last year and all of those were audiobooks, it should say I listened to 110 books. This is me coming from a place of elementary school, like I did the project in the group project. I don't want the other person who sat on their rear and didn't do anything to get my A. <laughs> mm -hmm. So I have a couple things to say about this. I had students who listened to audiobooks as an accommodation because reading was difficult for them. And it was a way for them to access books that we were reading where the content was at their knowledge level, but the text complexity was way above anything that they could do. But I said to them, you have to read the book and listen to it at the same, like you have to be looking at it while you're listening to it. Or when you go back to write the essay and find the quotes you're going to be totally lost and you have to like find quotes to put in like your note taker or like your novel journal, whatever I called it. Like you had to be able to like go back to the book and find things. And those are very different tasks. Like those are like in terms of learning, those are very different tasks. However, I don't think that one was superior to the, you know what I mean? I don't know. Like if you're tracking it as like a, this is how many books I've experienced. I think that's a good verb to use. I don't really care. Like it doesn't, it doesn't, because here's how I look at it in terms of like lists and like 
hitting goals and challenges and that sort of thing, it's still time that you weren't on your phone and you weren't watching TV. You chose to listen to a book over. Now, were you cleaning your house while you listened to it? Maybe. I don't know. But I still think, I don't know. It just doesn't grind my gears the way it grinds stuffs. I, th I think maybe I put too much emphasis on it. It's if you have a, a learning disability, if you have dyslexia, if you have whatever it is, I'm, I'm not saying, I'm not trying to diminish the experience, but I'm just saying that like driving in a car, listening to a book is not the same thing as like sitting down, putting your entire focus on 200 pages at a time, you know? I agree, but I think that you can still get the same level of enjoyment from it. Yes, but also if you're driving, are you totally paying attention to what's being said? No, but sometimes when I'm reading, I'm not totally paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> really, it really depends on what else is going on. Okay, anything else before we get going? No, I think tell the people what our topic is today. We're going into new territory for us yes, today. Yes, we are. Um, today we're going to discuss coffee table books. Um, I kind of feel like, I don't know, is that term like still used? I think so. Oh, okay. <laughs> Big, fat books. Yeah. Big books that you would <laughs> stack somewhere as decor and they collect dust usually, typically. So I am a big, big coffee table book person, primarily because I purchase them under the excuse of using them for staging. Um, I think pretty much every single coffee table book that I own, I have used in one of our renovations at one point. Um, I guess I'll start the one that I'm going to start with. I actually just bought in October, probably the priciest uh, coffee table book I've ever purchased, but worth it. It is Jackson Hole, A Love Letter. Um, and this is actually just photos. Um, beautiful, beautiful photos of Jackson Hole, of Teton National Park. And then at the end, the um, photographer and I guess the author um, sort of talk about you know, why they love Jackson Hole. Um, it was sold. Do you remember what bookstore that was? It's called the Jackson Book Trader. Mm -hmm. um, I love to support local when I go places and it's just feels like a book about home to me, even though Jackson Hole is not my home. But, you know, um, my second one is a probably well-known to many people book. It is um, Elizabeth Holmes' book which started from her So Many Thoughts um, Instagram posts about the um, royal women. And it is divided up into people. Each person has a section, and it goes through the course of their royal life. Um, what was Megan just squeaked in, I take it? Oh, she has a good, good section. No, but I mean, was this because the title of the book is HRH, so... She doesn't have that oh, anymore. It came out like I think three or four years ago. Yeah, now. this isn't a new book. Um, oh, sorry, I should have also said Elizabeth Holmes is a different Elizabeth Holmes <laughs> from Theranos fame. Um, this is Elizabeth Holmes, journalist. Um, and you should follow her Instagram if you don't already because she breaks down so many minute details in, you know, what every, what the royals are wearing each day. Um, and she has beautiful stories that go along with each outfit. <clears throat> Excuse me, that milkshake is... Princess Kate just had her birthday, right? 42? 
Yes. She did. She looks so young in some of these photos. When she first had um, – why am I blanking on – George. Jesus. George. Yes. I should, should know his name. Um, she looks like a baby in the, the photo when they came out with him in her arms. I think that was the blue dress that she wore. Um, it's just a stunningly beautiful book, and she does such detailed stories about what was going on in that person's royal experience when they wore the outfit, um, history of certain outfits. It's just, it's a really lovely book. Does it if you do love a lot it. with jewelry also? Because I love the jewels. She does a lot of jewelry on her Instagram. Um, she didn't like focus specifically. It seems to be more about the whole outfit. Um, she does often talk about um, the tiaras because that's like a very royal specific type of accessory. And like when they've been worn before. Yeah. Very cool. Well, you have one more? Yes, I do. Switching um, from one royal family to another, um, my absolute favorite coffee table book, I've had this one for many years, is The Private Passion of Jackie Kennedy Onassis um, by Vicki Moon. This one... I think I've had it for like 15 years at least. Um, I feel like it should be a staple for any equestrian. It is the history of um, Jackie's love of riding from starting at one years old, one year, not years old, um, through, you know, her later life. And it's divided up into, um, you know, the sections of her life. So childhood, dealing with her parents tumultuous relationship um and then the kennedy section and then after um jfk's assassination sort of finding herself again in horseback riding and what strikes me the most is that she is never wearing a helmet well hardly ever wearing a helmet um although that's kind of kind of pot calling the kettle black since i was just horseback riding and not wearing a helmet but anyways not the point um the photos are stunning Maybe you don't know this side of Jackie. You might just think of her as like the first lady, but there's so much more to her. Um, and it's just a lovely, lovely book. So I have a question for you as the coffee table book noob of the group. Where do these, these live in your house? Are they on shelves? <laughs> Are they on an actual coffee table? What's going on? Um, do you have statues stacked on top? This one, uh, actually these three normally go right underneath my tv there's a little nook um and they are tiered biggest to smallest you know sort of triangular to be nitpicky um i have a lot that are just kind of living sad lives in my storage unit um which only come out once a year for staging a house um and then i have a bunch just randomly tucked away by the front door which is doing them no good and me no good i don't know why i tucked them there Okay. I'm, None just, of them I'm taking notes. I might buy more. I, this might inspire me. You never know. And so I just need to know what the people do with them. The, if I used my coffee table the way it should be used, then they would sit on it. But I am often sitting on the floor eating food at the coffee table instead of at the dining table. So, I Yeah, guys, that. she'll sit on her couch <laughs> and eat food, but she won't let us wear our street clothes on there. Just for everyone keeping tally. I want you to know that there are still people discovering your street clothes comment anew and still text messaging me about it. I've received no messages. <laughs> I'm not apologizing. 
I'll go next. I just have one book. So here's the deal. I have two coffee table books. One is the Taylor Swift fashion one that Steph just gave me and I have not read. And the other is this book called The Catch Me If You Can, One Woman's Journey to Every Country in the World. And it's by Jessica Nabongo. Steph also gave me this book, but she doesn't remember doing so. I I really don't think I did. You I did. did. She's a blogger <laughs> and you follow her on Twitter. No one else on the planet would give me a coffee table book. I guarantee it. Everyone in my family calls them dust collectors. And yeah. And um, I've never bought one for myself or anybody else. I've never gifted anybody one. I've never gotten one. I didn't know that this was a thing we were doing again. Here we are. I'm learning. Um, I have not read this book cover to cover. It's pretty long. There's a lot of text in it, but this woman really did go to every country and has beautiful photographs of each of the countries. And I've kind of skipped around to the countries that are the most interesting to me. Um, but I have had other people when I've had it out, pick it up and actually look at it because they're like, Oh, this is interesting. Like I don't, you know, most people like can't even name 30 countries off the top of their head. So um, it's very impressive and it's a very like bright, vibrant book. Like all of her pictures, it's it's clear that she really likes color. Um, and I appreciate that about it. It, re- it looks more like a travel book than a coffee table book. Can I say if I sat down on your couch and saw that on the coffee table, I'd for sure pick it up and start. Yeah, that's what happens. Through. I love that. That one's totally new to me. Um, I have three that I brought with me tonight and they're all very, very different. The first one is Salt, Fat, Acid, Heat by Samin Nosrat. If you're like, gee, Molly, that sounds familiar. It's because it's also a Netflix show. Samin is a chef and wrote this. It's not really a cookbook. It's a book about the elements of food that make your cooking delicious. And a couple of years ago, she spoke at my company's all company offsite. I was just like tweaking the entire time because to me, she's a very famous person. And then I stood in line afterward to have her sign my copy. And I get starstruck like very badly, very badly to the point where like, I can't remember in high school or college. And there was a Justin Timberlake, Christina Aguilera, like concert tour. And it was the justified and strip tour. And I was there at the TD garden as well. Okay. So kiss 108 was giving away like the chance to meet them. And I didn't even enter because I was like, what if I get it? And I like meet them and I faint. (laughs) That's like how nervous I get about the idea of meeting famous people. So I met Samin. Is it weird to say, I think I thrive. I'm like my best (laughs) self. I'm like, better step it up so that they hire me to be their PA for the rest of their lives. I wish. I I felt like I blacked out like while I was talking to her. But um, Okay, wait. Who's the most starstruck person you've, like, your mouth went dry? I sat a table away from the actor, Eddie Redmayne. Oh, she texted me. I was like, you're going to die. In New York City at ABC Kitchen. Love this for you. I love him. And he had just been on either the today show or good morning America. And I was sitting with a client and a reporter and I heard him before I saw him. And I just like slowly turned my head. And then when I could, I texted Stephanie and I was like, I am an arm's length away from Eddie. Can it do his features cut glass in person? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The chiseled jaw, the piercing eyes, the perfect freckles. It's a lot. 
It's Wait, where where has he been? Have I missed him being in things recently? What didn't he play that serial killer person in that TV show with uh, Jessica Justin? Yes, he, yeah. that's the most oh, recent right. thing I think. Um, I know that the listeners can't see this, but I'm going to show Caitlin and Steph, and then I'll take pictures of it that you guys can see. So when Samin presented to us, she talked about how she wanted people who don't necessarily love to read, but who want to cook, to be able to use the book to get excited about food. So she hired an illustrator who could make that happen. This is one of the pages about oh, a pasta That's recipe. lovely. So it's just like very accessible, I think. And I don't cook, as we all know, but I love this book and I love showing it to people. Or like this page, Flavors of the World, which has like pie charts of the flavors that go well together. That is really cool. It's just very cool. So Samin, much love to you and thanks for listening to my rambling. And I'm sure that if I ever meet you again, it will happen again. The second book is called Wanderlust. I'm lifting it. As documented many times oh, I've on, seen this one. on this podcast, um, I work in PR and public relations, and I used to work with General Motors promoting a lot of their new cars as they rolled out. The coolest press trip I ever got to do was with GMC, and we took reporters in the GMC trucks hitched to Airstream trailers to experience like what the truck was capable of. So these are refurbished Airstreams, and the owner of that company called Airstream to Go gifted each of us this book. So it's the history of 75 years of Airstream. It's amazing. Like the pictures of the earliest ones to how people use them now. Um, I dog-eared or posted it rather. Caitlin gave me post-its so I would stop dog-earing books. <laughs> there are post-its on some of the coolest pages, which I'll show you guys after, but it's just like very travel oriented. It's cool to see all the places the Airstream can go because it's smaller than a lot of other modes of transportation um, and just super inspiring. And I love it. And also people are surprised that I have this because you wouldn't like associate me with Airstream, which many people associate with camping or like long road trips. So they're often like, Ooh, Molly, why do you have this? Do you have a secret life? That's what I would think if I saw that. I actually loved staying in the Airstream. I don't think I would ever buy one for myself, but if someone else had one and was like, would you want to do this for like a week or two weeks? I would totally do it. I think they're amazing. It's literally my dream back when I had my truck to get one of those. Pretty amazing. The last one, which is so heavy, I don't even think I can do it with one hand, is called Avedon. This is about um, one of the greatest fashion photographers who ever lived. I discovered this at the Museum of Fine Arts in Boston. I went to his photography exhibit. Normally, when I go to museums, I always hit the gift shop and I'll buy like a postcard version of something I saw that I love so I can keep it on my fridge or like somewhere in my house. This was the first time ever. I was like, I'm going to get the book about all the things that I just saw. I do have a bunch of postcards. I have them displayed in various places all over my house, but it's just gorgeous. And this covers his work from 1944 to the year 2000. So like from the 80s onward, you would recognize a lot of the models like Stephanie Seymour and Kate Moss. And they're just amazing. They're the kinds of pictures that you see like in Vogue or Elle or Harper's Bazaar. And this book, it's pretty large. I'm very bad at math and I can't tell you how tall this is, but like at least, I don't know, maybe I'm looking at Stephanie, the measure. I think that's like 18 inches. Maybe. 18, I was going to say 16, 18 inches tall. Um, anyway, it's beautiful and it's just one of those things that reminds you like 
some people are born with a very specific talent and like this is his medium and it's just spectacular. Sweet. Oh, and to answer your question about where do I keep these? Actually the same as Stephanie. I have a little like cabinet that my TV rests on that has like two little glass doors in the front and they're all stacked under there. So you can see them through the glass, but they're not actually on the coffee table. Well, Molly just finished My Life with the Walter Boys, the book that I just finished. I'm taking a big breath because... Do tell. Okay, it's The House Across the Lake by Riley Sager. I've never read any books by him. I will read more books by him. This starts off as a very um, kind of cliche, you know the woman is spying with the binoculars at her neighbors who like maybe are having marital, marital, marital trouble. And also she's like an alcoholic and maybe is not a reliable narrator. Oh, the worst. Okay. So that's like how it begins. And then it flashes back between like a few months ago and then like today. And, um, so there's a lot of like playing catch up. You're like, okay, so how do we end up where we started? And um, I was like, I was like, I don't understand how this book would be so popular if he's like following this trope and this plot line so like carefully. And then like, I'd say about halfway through the book, there's a curveball that happens that you're just like, uh, like you are kind of, it, it's like, it's a little unsettling, but also it's like, uh, it's so shocking because you've been lulled into this, like, I've read this book before. I've seen this movie before. It's totally the husband, like whatever. And like that gets spun on its head after you've been lulled into this false sense of security. And then you're like, what just happened to me? Can I ask, without giving away details, does it feel like it works or that it doesn't? Parts of it work and parts of it... Felt like they were trying to? Uh, no, I don't even know if... No, I, I, I think most of it is pulled off. It's just like... It's jarring. It's a jarring book, I would say. Okay. But you're giving it to me, so you obviously think that it's... Worth reading? Oh, yes. <laughs> okay. Um, and then in a very similar font, I am reading Wrong Place, Wrong Time by Jillian McAllister. Um, I picked this book up with you when we had our Barnes & Noble and H Mart day. Oh, I think, that was a great day. Where I picked up seven books um, that I didn't need. So this is a Reese's Book Club. And it starts off, I think it's like... Halloween Eve. And this woman, Jen, takes place in England. Um, Jen is waiting up for her teenage son to come home for his like midnight curfew. And her husband's home and they're chatting and it's just like a whatever night. And she sees her son, Todd, coming up the street and she immediately feels like something is off. So she and her husband go outside and watch Todd stab a man. Okay. <laughs> so it's like right off the bat. 
wait for it. There's something as shocking at the beginning of the book that I was just talking about, but I didn't tell everybody what it was. Well, this is in the first three pages. Okay. Same for me. (laughs) So the premise is he kills this person. He goes to, um, he gets taken in to the police and she goes obviously to like see about getting him a lawyer or whatever. And the officer is like, we can't do anything tonight. Come back in the morning. When she wakes up in the morning, it's the day before. Okay. So she is stuck in this weird time loop where she's trying the worst day of her life. No, no, no. Each day is a day earlier. So she is stuck in a time loop where her immediate thought is she needs to stop what happened. She needs to figure out how her her teenage son, who is like this sciencey, lovable nerd, ended up killing a seemingly stranger on the sidewalk. And each day she's learning something new, but it's maybe something about herself. Maybe it's something about her relationship with her husband. Maybe it is about her son. And I, at this point, don't want to say how far back I've gone, um, but it's it's just getting better and better. It's fantastic. I would highly recommend it. It sounds like a very interesting concept that the days build. Mm-hmm. I forgot to say what I'm reading right now, now that I finished the other one. I started reading a book called Cross Stitch by Yasmina Barrera. And it's she's um, a Mexican author, and this is translated into English. And um, I'm not that far into it. It's very beautifully written. It's very um, concise writing, and it's a, a physically small book. And, um, basically this group of friends that really leaned on each other, like in their late teens, one of them drowns. They're like in their early forties now. And like most of them are married and have kids and one of them drowns in the ocean. And so they all kind of have to like come back together. So they haven't come back together yet. They're being told that this friend just died. And so I'm getting bits and pieces of it. And like, it's, I really like the setup of it so far because it's like, I don't know if it's because it's translated or what, but like the language is a lot more sparse, I would say. And, um, and it just, it makes the moments have like a little more shock to them. Like it's not a lot of like fluffy, like, you know, talking about the landscape and the background and the smell of the room when she walks in, it's like a lot more stark than that. And I think the nature of the story lends itself to that really well. So I like it so far. So I am currently reading a book called Things You Save in a Fire. My cousin Martha sent this to me as a holiday gift. And she said, I was listening to this podcast that we both love. And they were talking about the premise of the book. And I just thought like, this is so Molly. I'd never heard of it. It's about a woman named Cassie who is a firefighter in Austin, Texas. And she's about to get promoted when her mom calls and asks her to come home to help her take care of herself. She has some sort of illness and she just needs someone to help her kind of get around the house and drive her around and help her with groceries and all those sorts of things. So Cassie winds up leaving Austin to move to Rockport. Massachusetts mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and joins a fire department that is full of old thick Boston accent men. Um, and I am on page 81 and we just have a 
love interest coming onto the scene. Um, I have had that book on my list a long time, and I find the cover to be spectacular. Like it's, it's very blue and orange and red and yellow, and it's like I don't know. It's I've never seen another cover like it. I feel like the title, though, I don't know how that goes because for me, I would imagine like a very scary. I don't know. The th- the title, Things You Save in a Fire, kind of terrifies me because it's a thought I have all the time about like, okay, if a fire starts, what will I grab type thing? So I just feel like it could have had a completely opposite cover. I mean, that one's like serene and beautiful. I kind of can't believe that none of us have ever read a book by her because she wrote The Bodyguard, which everybody loved. I still haven't read it. And then the other one, what was it called? The one that's a movie now? Oh, yes. So at the front, it says, also by Catherine Center, How to Walk Away, Happiness for Beginners. That's the one that's a movie now. The L.A. Kemper one, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Get Lucky, The Lost Husband, Everyone is Beautiful, and The Bright Side of Disaster. This is a totally new author to me, so I'm excited and maybe I'll do it. But you have heard of The Bodyguard. Like you've no. seen that. What? I'm sure you've seen that cover though. It pops up a lot in like lists, like romantic book lists for me. That is the Lynn Painter color palette, that yellow. Mm-hmm. Love her. I also started I'm reading two books right now because I <laughs> per use. Yeah. So the cross stitch one obviously is like putting me into major depression. Um, but I so I'm you know I like to do like a it's kind of like a sweet and a salty you know like I'm doing like a light and a dark so my light is the do-over by Lynn Painter which is this very uptight type a high school junior who like has her eyes on the prize for like getting a full scholarship to college um has like one of the crummiest valentine's days like on record goes to bed that night and wakes up the next morning and it's Valentine's Day again. And the first, I haven't read what the, how the second day goes, the second version of it is, um, but the first one's so bad that like it's not going to be hard to beat it <laughs> in terms of like having a better day. So that one's just fun. I mean, I think I sat down for like a half an hour and I read 60 pages. Like it's so quick. I feel like we've been talking a lot about time loop do-over mm-hmm. books we were talking about before i fall and then steph was sharing about this one that she's reading and um obviously the now the one painter i will say until caitlin gave me better than the movies i had not heard of lynn painter then i read two of her books like in a two-week span you're already on to a third one i feel like she's become part of our i need her to like get the jenny han yes movie deal because i, I feel like that would be fantastic because Better than the movies would be so good. And then this do-over movie I think also could be really charming in like a 90-minute Netflix kind of format. Um, Yeah, I just feel like there's potential. I agree. Omaha, Nebraska. Let's get it going. Also, I didn't get a chance to tell you this um, before, but I saw – I can't remember if I sent you this TikTok or not – this woman filmed her husband, her British husband, in bed finishing a book, and he puts it down, and he's just like, "Oh, it's over! I can't believe it's over. What am I? What am I gonna do now?" And he's like, 
he's not acting he's like genuinely devastated so i sat through this entire freaking tiktok to find out what book it is that he just finished because his wife in the background is like now you get it now you understand what happens to me every time blah blah, blah. fourth wing nope i i have no idea love and other words <laughs> stop it right now her british husband wanted more of oh my, my book boyfriend Oh, that's the sweetest. I know. <laughs> I I almost fell over. I can't believe I didn't send you guys that video. I watched it and I was like, what a little dreamsicle. <laughs> that is so endearing and delightful. I know. He was like, it's over? That's it? He's like, is there a sequel? I'll find, <laughs> I'll find the TikTok for you. It's so cute. And she's like laughing at him and she's like, now you get it. Love it. I, I know. Love it. I know. Well, if you wanted to follow along with everything we're reading, maybe weigh in on if this Things You Save in a Fire cover art is correct or incorrect, um, we'll be sharing all that stuff on our Instagram at Plans Are Booked. So give us a follow over there. Um, and you can write to us, please. We love email. Please write to us, planswarebooked at gmail.com. Let us know what you're reading, if there's anything you want us to chat about, if you're looking for a link to a book that we chatted about. We also accept love letters, obviously. <laughs> yeah, snail mail is welcome too. Uh, yeah, I like snail mail, and I'll I'll also uh, the next time we see each other, I will have my DC trip to report on. I'll tell you what I read on the plane. It's it's going to be good, and about that bookstore that I'm going to that has a bar because I've only been to one other bookstore that has a bar, and it was in Dallas, Texas. So this will be a different experience. All right, thanks everybody for listening. Until next time, our plans are booked. <laughs>